Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Hangtown Motocross Wrap-Up, presented by Fox Racing, BTOsports.com. Use the code PULPMX to save yourself big money uh, at BTOsports.com on pretty much anything and everything related to motocross. They have it. And brand new website, uh, free shipping uh, with certain conditions, um, brand new products, good mobile phone, friendly website. Best tire prices, btosports.com has it all. And, of course, foxhead.com. Go there to find all find out all the scoop on the latest Fox gear, including that limited edition stuff that Kenny Roxon wore at Glen Helen. And, of course, Fox Racing, the official gear, Ken Roxon, Ryan Dungey, many, many more. We thank the BTO and Fox for presenting this thing. And we're going to talk about Hangtown Wrap-Up. Of course, as always, my name's Steve Mathis. With me on the line, of course, as always, my boss, RaceRex Online Editor Jason Wygant. Yeah. And, of course, as always, on the line, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, now a big wig at WPS, the Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Yeah. Trying to one-up, Weege. Weege, uh... Solid effort. Good job on baked beans. My Twitter exploded. Now, were you waiting... And I believe you did it in the final moto or around no, there. No, I, I was uh, I was forgetting. That wasn't waiting. I was forgetting. I thought you were building suspense. I, I, I wish I was that good. Okay. All right. I was getting worried. Um, somewhere along the way, I think it was uh, our buddy Moser or something, said, you have 35 minutes. I have faith in you. And I'm like, oh, crap. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Well, good job. Good job. Baked beans, pretty easy to do. Yeah, it didn't raise any red flags. No one on the TV crew was like, what was that all about? So mm-hmm. we're good. Keep this going. Langston was like, mm, baked beans. <laughs> um, uh, well, what do we got? Who's got a word? Um, I Sperm whale, that was Pingree's favorite one. That can't work, right? No, that, that will be an instant red flag. That okay. will be an instant. I don't think there's any possible, except for the shape of a jump, mm-hmm. like Pingree suggested. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, one I was thinking, a couple I was thinking. Elmer Fudd or Foghorn Leghorn? <laughs> Could you either one of those two? Yeah, you give me a choice of either. Uh, no, I think I like Foghorn Leghorn. No, I'm gonna go. Uh, can I go Fudd? I think I got one for Fudd already. Oh, really? Yeah, you'll like it. You'll like it. Okay, Elmer Fudd, it is. Yeah, and uh, we like you said uh, last week, Weege, we got to get uh, to get Ping on these two to help us out. So the only way you can truly. Um, Foghorn Leghorn really has claimed a famous stuttering, I believe. So that's going to be a tough one to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, well, he used to have that dog that tormented him. Okay. 
Okay. You know? All right, we can explain all that. Yeah, and then he had the old, the old. I think his dad was around once in a while, the old uh, rooster. Okay, so. yeah, we can explain all that. All right, well, I'm just, okay, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> there you go, that's the word of the day. The BTOsports.com word of the day. Um, so, uh, Weege, does Martin, Jeremy Martin, clinch this at Millville, do you think? When does he wrap this up? <laughs> when should we? When should we plan on having the type the championship party? That there are many scary things about these performances, but I believe that is the scariest part. Okay, you can definitely not say that he is just hitting the tracks right now that he's really good on, because unlike every other rider in the series, he actually grew up at one of the national tracks, yeah. and we haven't raced there yet. Unlike Jason Anderson, he really does have a home track. He really does. <laughs> yes. Yes, no, Jason Anderson has 12 home tracks. <laughs> right, right. The opposite. <laughs> so, so everyone might say, uh, when we go east, when we go here, when we go there, I think that's where, we're, where I'm really going to shine. He really means it, which means he just won on two for him, just regular, nothing special tracks. Yeah. I, my mind is blown, dude. I don't even know what to say. This is, JT, can I just slide it over to you? What the hell is going on? What What is up with this? I don't know. I, I mean, did... It's almost like Jeremy Martin didn't practice Supercross at all this year. It was just like, nope, I'll be out at Milestone and I'll be at Glen Helen while you guys are all riding Supercross. I'll show up on Saturdays. It's not going to go real well. And then I'm just going to dominate all summer. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen, but that's what it seems. I mean, this is out of nowhere. No one saw this coming. No one. I, it doesn't even seem like Jeremy Martin did. I mean, this is, this is unprecedented surprise type stuff. We have to tackle it from two angles. Okay, first, has anyone dominated quite like this? Okay, guys have won maybe the first four motos, whatever. But like this? Like, it, he's not even in sight within a lap and a half, every moto. So have this we is, even this seen is that Carmichael before? Stewart type stuff. Okay, so we'll give it that. Even still, okay, Carmichael and Stewart, all they did before they did that was kick everybody's ass every single year of their life from, like, 65s on into the pros, and it was their first year in the class, and they just – Mm-hmm. Dominated. Martin was like, what was the term? It's slipping my mind when he turned pro. What? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Was, yeah. Eh. But it goes. I do not remember. Oh, you don't remember saying that? I do not. No, I. I was not. That was not me. You did. Oh, okay. That was not me. That was when you were doing your old podcasts for Racer Oh uh, well, there was a lot of audio distortion in those. <laughs> no, so. there was. Uh, <laughs> but. Hold on. Uh, it makes even less sense because of that. He was a mere mortal for a season and a couple races the year before that. I, well, I added up his, Ab- his average finish was ninth place in uh, 14, 14 or 15 races. Ninth place. Second half of the year last year, he, oh, he's you know, yeah. he was really dialing it in. He was, he was top, top three, top five, but still. Uh, like, your new broadcast partner informed you, <laughs> and I didn't know this. I was on the team. <laughs> he won the first full motors of the year. I yeah, remember he was really same tracks. Yeah, same tracks. Yep. I remember he was good, but um, I'm gonna you know. Well, that's the point. I'm gonna it's look at this. Yes, I'm, Langston I'm, won the first four motos at those two tracks. But what I'm talking about is, and what I think we're all talking about is not just winning the motos. They can't see him by lap two. No, He's gone. No, and yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And JT, you've always, I mean. There's one thing that all of us, especially myself and you, we talk about the star racing program. I mean, you can't, you can't beat it. Yeah, this is uh, this is obviously the powerhouse program in the sport. Um, 
we we are all silly to not have seen this coming from both rider and team. The bike, uh, the bike is good. The bike is no, good. In all, in all seriousness, I mean, kudos yeah. to them. Uh, yeah, I was talking to we've uh, never giving them much credit, and they're absolutely crushing it right now. I was talking to Bobby Hewitt, Dave Gowan, and those guys at the Rockstar KTM team, and I said, you know what? Good for them. Uh, everybody needs their chance to be on top in this sport, and the Geico and PC guys have been beating everybody down for so long outdoors. I said it's uh, it's good for them, and they, you know what? All those guys said, yeah, yeah. Gowan was like, cool. I agree. Yep. Good for them. And I, generally speaking, team people don't really think about a big picture. They think of a very narrow, small picture. So I was surprised that Dave said that um, and didn't look at me real weird and with one eye raise, one eyebrow raise. But anyways. Uh, hey, no, you know what's funny? Good. I went over to Gallon and he made that point to me. I think he stole it. When, when did you talk to him? I bet you it was after you were there. Mine was fairly late. What? How can Mine I figure are... out? Was the press conference still going on? No. Oh, no. It was long gone. Long yeah, over. Same for me. Um, Love to know. When when you were talking to Carrie by the rental car? Yeah. Was it after that? No. It was before that. Oh, because that's – I walked away right there and I saw you there. So, okay. So, maybe I just made the point. Gallon was enthusiastically agreeing with me. So, perhaps I had made, brought his point up. Um, but the bike's good. Too. Let's not forget about that. That thing's good, and that's not why he's doing it. But Cooper Webb's gone two, 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 two. So that's some further. I mean, obviously Cooper's on it too, but further proof that that bike is good. There's no doubt. Outdoors, that thing, that thing is looking good. So it that just adds to the puzzling craziness of it. It's pretty phenomenal. It, you have to go back a ways to find something like this, Weege, like you talked about. Maybe ever, you know. Uh, I wouldn't put Martin in the category of Carmichael and Stewart because those guys are all-timers and great amateurs. Like you said, they never, ever lost a race. I would put this in a Langston category, although I don't remember Langston blowing everybody away like Jeremy. But but even Langston said, he's like, as he told me, he's like, but I was the world champion the year before. So yeah. it was like maybe a little less like what? Yeah. Yeah. We saw this dude race last year. He was pretty good, no doubt about it. Yeah. But this? Did you talk to him after the race, Wagon? Yeah, I saw him. He's in the press conference every week. Okay. Okay. Was he still not saying, still saying he's going to work on things? And still saying that, like. Uh, I believe, and uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch a TV show back, but if you watch his, first of all, his podium interview at the end of the second moto, I think he gets a little emotional there. Oh, okay. I think for the first time, you know, it probably came so fast that Glenn Helen, you know, like didn't have yeah, yeah. in. I think right there, there's a hint of like, holy crap, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But then in his interview and in the press conference, he just kept repeating over and over. It was a hard moto. They were close. I had to keep pushing. They were on me. <laughs> really? <laughs> what is he talking about? The flaggers were on him because they were, he was in their sections. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's about the only person that was on him. And, of course, Purcell, who started behind him in the second moto, I thought maybe Purcell was going to try to measure himself. Yeah. So, so Steve Cox asked Purcell, you know, did you think, okay, now i got to start. Let me see what I can do. No, I did not try. I just do not want to crash right now. I did not want to push and crash. <laughs> so the guy in second pretty much admitted I knew I had nothing for him. Oh, man. Is but according it... to Martin, they were on him. Well, we talked last week about, how great he was, and even if he slipped a little bit, he could still win races 
and still be a title guy. Well, this this weekend again. I mean, obviously it's a long season still, but I mean, you know, one thing that's really helping him. Okay, so Webb is on him. You know, Webb has gone two two two. He's twelve points back, but there is a, almost a two race cap back to Porcel in third already. Uh, Baggett had a bad moto. Bogle had a bad moto. Uh, Muscan's still getting back in in, uh, in shape. Jason Anderson had a bad moto. Porcel didn't have a good moto. Um, and we saw Glenn Helen, uh, Anderson's bike break, and Baggett have a bad first mo- moto. Wilson's out. Like, all of these guys that could maybe challenge him and hang around, they're almost a race, two races back already. Like, that's pretty good. That that bodes well for either of those Yamaha guys. I'm I'm ready to say that one of those two is going to win the title. <laughs> Four races in, that's it. I, I, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe foolish. Maybe a little premature. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I was being serious about clinching it at Millville. Like, should we? You know, be, be pretty. I think Cooper will prevent that because Cooper looks great. He does. And again, he had to work his way into second. Uh, in the first moto, who did he have to pass? Second moto, Bogle. he had to pass Purcell. Yeah, that's right, Bogle, and he fell while he was trying to get Bogle. And yeah, still, Bogle knocked him down. And still, not yeah. really on purpose. No, he was. Hey, he was. Cooper was pissed after after the. Oh race. yeah, Cooper's aggressive though. I don't know how Cooper can be mad the way he rides. <laughs> we saw in Supercross him do a few yeah, he, pickup well, he passes. He did it to right. uh, he did it to Zach Bell. In the first moto, do you guys aggressive? Do you guys get a sense that Cooper and Jeremy are not not super stoked for each other? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I get that too. We had Jer- we had Cooper on the Pulp Show, and he didn't really go out of his way to you know praise Jeremy and, and talk about how great it is to have the team and winning and everything. And he just sure didn't sound that way on the mic after the uh, after the second moto either. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. We've seen it before. It's not a team sport. No, and if you ask either one, like you, the obvious thing you would think is since they're both doing so well, all of a sudden that they were working together on this. Mm-hmm. They they don't exactly say that they haven't worked together, but by saying right. by not saying they have, it's pretty obvious that they do not ever ride together. Yeah. Um, and Martin just said, like, you know, California, everybody just has stopwatches out. You know, we just do our own thing. We don't pay attention to each other. We don't have the stopwatch. Like we're mm-hmm. on this different parts of the track at different times. Like there is no teamwork between these two. No, Which no. makes it even more bizarre. Yeah. Um, and what about Scotty Atkins leaving <laughs> Star and Martin to go to Purcell? And right now, old Jeremy is just killing it. Poor Scotty Atkins. Taught him everything he knows, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had two people come up to me uh, during the day. and I was hanging out in the mechanics area most of the day watching the race from there. Though I was up at the announcing tower for a little bit, just killing it up there. But uh, I had two people tell me, oh, yeah, rides with Ricky, man. Rides with Ricky. And I'm just like, he's been in California the whole time. Ricky, he doesn't ride motos with Ricky. Like and Ricky doesn't hardly ever ride anyway. I don't know, what, but you know these people, this is what happens. And I'm like... They probably, they're probably members of Vital. I don't... Yeah, perhaps, JT. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to like... I'm just like, let's give the kid, you know... He's been in California the whole time. This is legit. This isn't, you know, you can look and search and look under rocks and everything else, but this kid is not eh anymore. It's, it's crazy to me how much confidence he has after such a tough Supercross season. Well, that's what I said last week, and we almost came to blows. We might have came to blows if we were in the same room. 
Maybe he's no, just. I, I don't think so. I just I think that he had a you know he pulled it together to to go two one at the last race. I don't care who's ah, out. There. I know it was come on you know injury whatever. It's still two one. I don't care, Mathis. I don't care who's out there winning a Supercross main event is a big deal, and I don't care who's out there. So, but still, big picture, the Supercross season was terrible for him, and it's like it never happened at this point for him. He's just that much better outdoors. Bottom line, I mean it's it's impressive. Uh, it's, I, I give him yeah. a lot of credit, and, and and let's not forget about Webb too. Yeah, had to work his way up, and yeah, right. Yeah, man, Webb. It's like they're riding four fifties in the two fifty class. <laughs> they don't even belong, or they're A riders in the B class, or something. It just they're, doesn't matter. I, Martin's gotten good starts, but obviously it doesn't even matter. And Webb yeah. hasn't gotten good starts. Doesn't matter. Like they are just going to blow by you. You just cannot yeah. knock them down if you want. They yeah. will get by you anyway. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to me to see this weekend if Webb can do anything with Martin because we, remember how good Webb was at Colorado last year. This is kind of his breakout race was at Colorado. So I, I want to see if he can do anything with J-Mart. I don't know. Webb made, that, the, Webb made the podium at Hangtown last year, didn't he? Or he was running third, second for yeah, a Yeah, he, he got third in a moto at Colorado. That was kind of his breakout ride. He was up front at Hangtown last year. Well, right. He didn't finish there. Where you were like, holy shit, look at this kid, you know? Um, what about Purcell? Weege, what'd you think? Um, definitely better. I mean, he's third in points. Can you believe that? It, it, I had to take a double look. I was, I, it, it really is. I like, know. Oof. He's not the third well, best rider in the class, but he's third in the points. Well, just yeah, I mean, to show you how much the other guy. Well, go ahead, JT. The other guys have blown it, like you said. Go yeah, ahead, yeah. They just had. I was going to say, if you go. Uh, what do you go seven five seven three? Is that his finishes so far? Eight, seven five eight three. Yeah. Yeah, eight. I mean that's that's realistic to be third. I mean, especially if you look at the variance in that class. But it's not that far fetched. I don't think. I, I wouldn't necessarily say yes, he'll be third. But I mean, worst fourth or fifth with those finishes. His uh, his second moto times at Glen Helen were not good, and he had a couple of bad laps in the second moto at Hangtown. I was like, oh, here it comes Justin Hill was coming. But to his credit, he dropped a couple seconds uh, that next lap and held it strong all the way to the end. I was really watching his times. So whatever he did in between or whatever the deal was, uh, he got better in the second moto than he was at Glen Helen. I think you just have to keep in mind with him, it's just such a massive rebuilding process. I mean, the dude hasn't raced in so long and was just – what and he had a lot of problems for a long time. So – Hasn't raced a series in forever. You know, it's four motos is not much time to really judge yeah, the guy. Yeah, yep. But he's third in points. <laughs> so right. So I'd say for him, pretty awesome. I mean, if I'm ranking them, if I have some sort of power ranking, uh, I'm putting Martin, Webb, Anderson, Baggett, maybe Bogle ahead of him uh, from what I've seen through four motos. But screw the power rankings. He's third in the points. Would you guys agree? I like the rankings that maybe bag it. I'm not so sure about that one. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe not. What is going on with Baggett? Six. Well, I talked to him quite a bit on Saturday. Um, he really that eye injury deal. I know that some people claim it wasn't really even that bad. It was just to not point out. That's what some people say. Um, he didn't really ride, didn't really ride much coming into Glen Helen, and he said eight three. He said he was pumped on that. Um, at Glen Helen. So he oh. thought he would be better. What's that? Uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, at 8-3 at, at a 
Glen Helen. He was okay with that. Yeah, like we all expected, oh, he owns that place. He'll yeah. just destroy everyone. And then he went A3. We're like, what the hell happened? But in his mind, he's like, dude, I seriously could not see um, like two weeks before it. So well, he pe- was happy about that. But, man, now. And these bike problems again. Oh, man. I Kudos to Mitch Payton. I, I, I said to him, hey, were you a little mad about Dean and his chick putting on social media that the bike was cutting out and that's – why he crashed, and he goes, but it did. And I go, yeah, okay. I said, uh, did you figure out what it was? Did you did you figure out what the what the deal was? And he goes, we thought we had it fixed. <laughs> Just classic Mitch Payton, you know. I mean, yeah, NFG, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, again, um, was it do any was it ignition related or was it motor related? Does anybody know? Did anybody hear anything? Because Dean seemed to be, like, ignition-related to me. Baggett did a little interview in the pits um, during the moto, second moto, and he, he said piston or rod. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All right. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If can, can any rider straight out of a moto when his bike breaks? Well, yeah, there was no oil anywhere or anything like that, so it's pretty tough to tell after that. Spark plug. Spark plug. Right. Poor spark plug companies. Blamed for years. Um, but that's not good. That's not good for Blake Baggett right now. Um, we... All thought he would leave Hangtown with the points lead. We all thought he would kill it at, at Hangtown anyways. Yep. And he rode okay in the first moto, but, you know, he fell early, and it was a struggle to get back, and he was blazing fast in the moto. But having said that, he wasn't going – he was blazing fast 20 minutes in and picking dudes off. Guess who he wasn't faster than, though? Weber Martin. <laughs> so, you know, we can go on and on. Oh, Blake Baggett, he's dropping his seconds, and he was – but he still wasn't dropping them below those top two guys. That was another reason that I'm like, okay, these kids are for real right here because Baggett's doing his thing, second or two faster than those guys, and the Yamaha dudes are just right there. They're just pulling away. So, who – yeah. Bogle was good, uh, knocked himself silly in the second moto coming down the hill. Alex Martin told me that that was a straight-up dangerous section. That hill. JT, from your racing days, do you remember it being sketchy? Yeah, it was, but the double wasn't as as big as that Okay. normally. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit less forgiving, typically, but always coming down that hill, there were massive braking lumps, and I think everybody who's ever raced at National has had more than one moment coming down that hill where they're just yeah. like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah, Alex yeah. Martin said it's every year we come here, and every year it's super dangerous and sketchy, and, you know, and then I... I, I Asked him about his why. How why his brother looked so good through it. So <laughs> that's where Jeremy crashed in practice. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's that's, that's, not forget that. I didn't see it, but people who did said it was a massive get off in practice. I saw it. Yeah, it was bad. He 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 got pretty lucky. He didn't hit the ground that hard, but he could have. Mm. Um, another guy who rode good but got no results. Cole Seeley. I thought Cole was good again. Second fastest in qualifier. Uh, and uh, running uh, was he running fourth when he went down? Second moto fourth or fifth um and first moto not he, sure he uh i can look it up right now thanks for neither one of you two knowing the answer but uh we just lucky you made the start yeah yeah good job well, i don't on that. you know me man i'm not calling Sealy for anything so oh. i was actually uh, i actually talked to uh to cole's dad a bit um before the first moto i believe yeah uh, he, super, uh, nice, super nice guy 15 to 6 cole had climbed in the second moto I was, I was talking. Um, uh, I got the answers. My podcast. Yeah. It's my podcast. It's called Steve Mathis Show on Racer. No, it's not. 
Cole was uh, he was just he was really nice. Wanted to thank us for you know talking nicely about Cole, and obviously he was really oh. happy with you know Glenn Helen. So just wanted to. Uh, uh, interesting that you say that because there's another rider not very happy at Racer X right now. Even yeah. even brought it up in the new in the press conference. What? Oh yeah. Wait, I'm shocked. You went to the press conference? No, I did not. I don't go to the press conference, but I heard about it afterwards. Wow. Trey Kennard. What? Trey Kennard. Were you really? not? Were you not in the press conference? Why again? I didn't make the four fifties. Oh, there we go. Because Damn. I thought for sure you would have brought this up. So <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. The ten predictions in Racer X. Ten. Uh, whatever. Oh yes, bold what, predictions. Bold predictions. I have not read that article. I did not contribute to it. I, I should have, shouldn't admit this on the on the air, but I didn't read it. But uh, someone said Trey Kennard and the Muscle Milk guys are going to have a rough summer. And Trey wasn't happy about that. And he brought it up in a press conference saying, hey, I got to – he said no one was asking questions. So I asked, hey, well, who wrote that from Racer X? Why do they got to say that? And, and I said, well, did anybody say anything? And he goes, no. Nobody said a word. And I was thinking, picturing you, I guess, in there – cowering but you weren't even oh there. <laughs> no i would have i would have laughed um so yeah you know uh it wasn't any of us actually here's the funny thing it wasn't any of us on this call jt did you contribute to that at all i don't think you did oh uh i i think i may have but definitely wasn't that i would i uh that's my marquee guy at my real job not slam fly racing's trey Kennard. i uh i gave them four names that i thought contributed to that article so um, okay, I'm glad you did, so they know it's not. Uh, yeah. The only guy I think we had in there at that point was Hansel, and I don't think he had anything to do with it either. <laughs> Hansel's not equipped to stand up and answer that or take, take the <laughs> Hansel probably pissed his pants even though he knows he right. didn't contribute right. at all. Right. He's probably so scared, like, right. oh, he's mad at me? Do I screw up? <laughs> he had nothing to do with it, but I'm for sure he was freaking out like he yeah. did. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they Trey brought it up, and his mom brought it up, and we had a good laugh about it. And uh, you know, uh, I'm driving that train. I, that's what I told them. I said, Wygant's on your train. And I didn't contribute. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I did tell them that in practice, but it's easy for me to say after the first round. Right, right. No. So I'm glad you backed me up on that. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so Cole Seeley's pumped, and, and his, dad's, or his dad's happy. Trey Connard is not. And, you know, and it's Trey, so it's only, you know, it's, he wasn't like he was swearing and <laughs> refusing to do interviews or anything. He was just like, man, who wrote that? You know? And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's JT. I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what he was thinking. Go talk to Metcalf. Go talk to Metcalf. He's got a hate out for guys. <laughs> I, don't worry. I got your back. I was fully there. Uh, uh, but anyway, so, hey, back to 250s. Who, Weege, who are you most worried about? Like, who, who's going to, who's in a world of hurt right now for this, this championship and these points and, and, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's pro circuit for sure. I think uh, if you look at Geico, JT, I think you said, and and not a bad guess. We said who would be disappointing, and I think you said the Geico Honda team. But you just have to look at who they have. I mean, Bogle has now established himself just within the last couple of weeks since he's won a Supercross title. But he's only has like a really a year of the Nationals under his belt, really. And the other guys are pretty much brand new. I mean, Zach is out, so that doesn't count. So I guess my point is. You can only expect so much, I think, from the lineup they currently have. With Osborne being out and Bell and Bichelier are basically brand new. But Pro Circuit had, we thought, oh, it's option A and option B. It's Baggett and Wilson, right? Like, how does Baggett win this title now? Wilson cannot. 
How many points behind is Baggett already? 52. I mean, it's been done before, but... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Trey Kennard was down how many after, you know, three, four of his... Yeah, I mean, it definitely can be done. Yeah. But just look at what would have to change. Remember I mean, remember when we were all saying there's no way Pro Circuit loses this 250 East title? Right. Yeah, but so. that wasn't... The, the gap wasn't like this, though. There wasn't 50 if, points. If Webb or Martin does not get injured, it's impossible. I'm willing to say that. <laughs> you are already on that bandwagon. Why well, don't we, why it's don't... just no, just because between the two of them, they have a minimum of forty, and then a fifty to fifty-two to forty-point lead between the two of them, and they look like they're both faster than Baggett at this point. So, how am I going to say that Baggett's going to beat them without there, an injury? The question was, who are you most worried for? Is it Baggett? I'm most worried for thirty-eight guys. To be honest, with you. do you guys hear that Baggett is shopping around and is going to leave Pro Circuit next year? I do. Yes, I've heard that. I. Why does he want to do that? I've heard that it's a mutual understanding. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I heard. I don't know. Speculation. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got one guy, I think, who has a shot at breaking this up. I'm still, I'm still, my flame is still alive for Anderson. He's yes. Still alive. I'm there with you. I'm there. I think he's the one guy who maybe has a shot. Now, unfortunately, he also has a crap ton of points to make up. 51 points. It's the crap ton of points, but Ow. he's the only one to me that is less even than an indication. Less of, than Baggett. Uh, but Baggett, there hasn't been an indication that Baggett's riding that well either. I feel like Anderson has ridden pretty good, and I don't think you've seen the best of it yet. You know what I mean? But he wasn't even close to those guys this weekend. He was. No, he was. He was close no. to Webb. He was close to Webb at one point in the... First moto, we crashed in the first lap. Yeah, in the second moto, Anderson was was close to Webb, and then something happened. But he wasn't the first moto when he got up. He was in a battle for tenth, like ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen for twenty minutes. I'm still I mean, that, that's that's not title winning riding. I'm still on the Anderson. So, I'm I'm with Wagant. I'm still look at Jesse Nelson fourth, got, fourth in the you points. Show me a lot more than he did this weekend. Jesse Nelson is fourth in the points. Porcello's third. Jesse Nelson is fourth? Yes. I mean, he had a good hangdown, thanks to David Pendry. He Pindry was good at hangdown. Well, yeah, seven. No, he rode good, but just. But, it's, no, he went 7-5. You know, 7-5 at hangdown, which is great for Jesse Nelson. Yeah, he, no, he did ride awesome. There's he, no doubt about it. He He's fourth in the points, and he had one moto where he finished 14th this year. You and, know what else is weird about the class? Okay, so I was Jackson Richardson and Lemoyne and Dylan Epstein were like battling for like top ten, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, these guys are on fire. What is the deal? But then I started to look at the timing and scoring, and I'm like, well, how were there only like ten factory bikes in this moto? How did that happen? This is the class where there's usually like thirty guys that have rides. Mm-hmm. What, what happened all of a sudden? Where did everybody go? I don't know. It's bizarre. I mean, Mitch, for example, had six riders on his team. He has two. And then one of them DNF'd. And the other guy DNF'd the previous week, Hill. (laughs) Like, what is going on? Osborne's out. Wilson's out. Rockstar Basie has one guy with Anderson. I know Savaji came back. But it is this class is like, we're in a bizarro world in this class. Yeah, it's... It's crazy. It's a new. Well, you know what? It, it, it just fits it. We're in Bizarro World, and Yamaha is 1 2 and running away with it. That just fits. There we go.
There's nothing else. To, there's another way to explain it. I have one other thing I want to throw out here. This is so weird. Like, I have a million thoughts on how bizarre this is. Okay, so Yamaha has this weird engine design, or weird or different, I guess I should say. The 450 for four years, people thought it was not, that wasn't a good bike, so that didn't help there. If they dominate like this, do people all of a sudden start flocking to dealerships and saying, holy crap, that's the bike to get? Like, does, because it's so different and now it's actually effective, even if that might not even be the reason why they're winning, but do people all of a sudden flock to that? Well, I don't know. They're, nobody's flocking to Suzuki's. I know that. But the Yamaha is the only one that you could distinctively say. Like, if they wanted to paint this picture, they could. They could say, well, of course our bikes are dominant. We're the only ones that have a, has a bike that's built like this, and look at the damage it's doing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, Chris Kiefer and JT are arguing about this on Twitter. So, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we were just arguing about. He was saying on Sunday, somebody said, "Are oh, gonna they still gonna sell bikes on Sunday? A bunch of bikes on Sunday?" And I'm like, "No, because nobody's open." And then <laughs> Kiefer said that Chaparral was open. So. Yeah, we got we got we got uh, stuff. Uh, inside the top thirteen, seven guys have scored zero points in a moto. Seven out of thirteen riders. Over half have DNF to moto or scored no points. That's crazy. After four, only four, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and Muscan's fifth. Somehow Marvin just doing well. Um, this weekend, though, let's let's focus more on this weekend. Uh, Martin, Webb, Porcel. Hill had a good day. Hill showed something. Hill showed a, a much better day at Hangtown than he Glen Helen. Uh, Zach Bell. Weege. Zach Bell. 512. Yeah, yeah. He, this this could be something. We're building on this. We could work with this. We can build on it, yeah. Work with speed. The Geico guys, not happy with the way we make jokes about Zach Bell, but maybe the jokes are on us, Wygant. Literally for that. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, I'm just, you know, you jokey McJoke over there. Um, Jackson Richardson, ninth in the second moto. Cunningham, 11th in the first moto. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird day. Um, what else? Uh, oh, Dakota Kessler didn't score any points, Weege, so sorry about, sorry about that. Yeah, he was actually, I got some TV time going a lap down. I was kind of bummed. <laughs> you were bummed? Uh, Bishaglia, uh, came from the back, you know, decent 13-8, you know, coming from the back. He's had, uh, his four, first four motos of this year were better than any of his motos last year as a rookie. So that's good to see. If you're a Geico guys, you're like, we can work with this. He had a oh, decent, he's much better. He had much a, better. Yeah, and he had a decent Supercross season. Uh, he crashed a lot, but it was, it was, I thought it was okay. So, you know, there's something there for, for the team to work with. Um, oh, he, he's exceeding my expectations. I'll give him a lot, a, a lot of uh, yeah. credit that I didn't expect to have to give him. Yeah. Um, what else? What else caught your eye? Uh, I do not want to be at Pro Circuit for their meeting. They had another meeting after the race. And then I would not want to be there for the meeting on Monday, or maybe it was today. Someone said it would be that Mitch would call an emergency session today, Sunday. So there was no pizza. There will be no pizza tomorrow. No, no, that oh, is no. for sure. Oh no! Uh, I asked Mitch about a fill-in guy, and he said, "Who would you get?" And that was what I said. And I said, "Well, we threw out the name Lemoyne." He's like, "What do you think he could do?" 
And I go, well, with your bike and your program, I think he could be a fifth to tenth place guy. And Mitch didn't say anything. No, no reply back. So, um, so I don't think that's, that's going to happen. That's usually what I give you when you say something stupid. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to work for him. And then I said, hey, I did get an email about Hanny for outdoors. And he laughed and laughed and laughed. Because I really did get an email. I really did get an email. Um, we we thought we thought Handy's last outdoor would, would, was in 2004 with Yamaha Troy. We worked it out. We did the math. Unless he did any with the KTM. We're not sure. I, um, uh, an old agent of Hanny once told me in classic agent speak, he doesn't race outdoors because he knows if he showed up, he'd just go 1-1, and then they'd expect that out of him every week, and he doesn't want to do oh, like wow. pressure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is agent speak. These, these are people that are roaming the pits. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, Sealy had a good day. I think uh, didn't score any points, but had a good day. I think that, I was impressed with Cole again this weekend. And Jesse Nelson, like Ping said, it's his track. So interesting to see if he can, you know, if he can do better than or keep it consistently between fifth and tenth. I think for him is, is a good uh, a good win. Uh, he was and, good last week though, that second moto was yeah good. yeah he was pretty good. Track. And uh, Troll was consistent with a 12-13, so good for Alex. At one point, the Martin brothers were first, and then what was Alex? Eighth? Seventh? Before he went down? I think it was sixth, I think. Yeah, the Martin brothers, just dominating Hangtown. Another Yamaha. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yep. Good for those guys. Weed, you went to a Yamaha party on Friday night. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. As you went to an all Yamaha party. I, I was not invited, strangely enough. Really? I've been to two Yamaha parties two weeks in, two weekends in a row, and they've been on Saturday. <laughs> they actually have two. They have two parties. Yeah. They have one, one about two o'clock and one about four o'clock. <laughs> uh, it's actually just Chad Lanza who owns the Valley Team. That's where he lives up up by Hangtown. So I guess there's been times where he's had huge get-togethers with like. Come one, come all. Um, this year was just at his house. I only got in with the I'm friends with Langston thing, which I think is going to get me a lot of places, by the way. <laughs> probably. That's going to get me a lot of places. This is good. I better ride this. Do you feel like Langston – I feel like Langston is a little like Jim Hawley where something happened in every city on the tour for him at some point. Uh, our buddy Rob Bidis is actually trying to compare them. Oh, yeah? He had a great point. Wow. It's, it is the same yet different. It is the same yet different. It's not the same, but it is the same. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, did you see Stroop at this party? <laughs> no, I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see Stroop. Was he? Uh, never mind. I was going to make a mean joke. I was going to say something like, it, was he serving cocktails or anything there? Oh. Uh, was, I'm a jerk. I'm an idiot. Uh, how was it, though? No, I was low-key. Like, I'd heard about this thing in years past. Um but it wasn't anything I think like it had been. Uh, maybe because the guy has a team this year, they actually have business to take care of. Yeah. Like last year, there literally wasn't a Valley team, so why not blow it out? Uh, but you would think also with the success they had that they would be, as Andy Boyer would say, you know, shoulders back, chest out. But they weren't like that at all. Um, they weren't. Like I even asked Bob Oliver, I'm like, okay. Oh. He's, he's the motor builder, right? So I'm like, okay, is this – is having this engine design on a 250F, is it like night and day? He's like, well, it's superior to the old bike. And I'm like, okay, well, the old bike, that engine's been around since, what, 2001? <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty impressive it lasted that long, but of course it's better. But, I mean, is it, like, hugely better? 
and none of them were really – you haven't seen anyone at Yamaha or the riders go and just say, you cannot believe this bike. They could if they want. Go ahead and say it. Yeah. They're, no one's saying it. Even Cooper Webb is like, I think it's us. It's part of the bike. It's part of our program. They, sell some bikes out of this, guys. Uh, was Porcel there? Nope. Not there. Okay. His team. Well, I mean, maybe it, that's not what a racer should be doing. I don't know. Well, I don't know what was going on at this party. Well, it was, I mean, to be honest, it was really just dinner at his house. Right. I mean, if you wanted to have some wine or a beer from the fridge, you could, but you didn't have to. Huh. You know, the mechanics and the team people were there not drinking anything, so Porcel could have done that. It's I odd. I haven't changed my email addresses or, or house address or anything. It's odd. I did not get sort of an invite. If you can't figure this out. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. All hail Yamaha. Good for those guys, though. Like we said, they they went ten, yeah. they went ten years without winning a national. Now they are undefeated and taking the top two spots two weeks in a row, just like that. It's, I just find it bizarre. I, I got an email today, Davey. There's this guy. I don't know where he's from, like South America, that sends Davey all these stats for Racerhead. Mm-hmm. This was the first time ever Yamaha has ever swept the podium in that class ever. In one twenty-five. Yeah. Or I think it said first no. time in 74, but I think that's when it started. So, Come on. No, that's not right. Well, how many times do they even have three factory dudes in the class? Well, okay, do they have to be factory riders? I don't know. That's well, Okay, so how many privateers were just killing it and well, no, there was out of national? No, there was. Doug Henry, DGY? Like no, who? I'm going Glover, Hannah, uh, RJ days, like, or Lachine, you know, those days, early 80s. They had a pretty powerful 125 squad. Three guys, though? Yeah, three. maybe not three. Maybe not three, but maybe a privateer guy of some sort or whatever. Um, but still. They had good year. I mean, Yamaha Troy had some great success through the years, and they had Wyndham and Dowd in the class. I mean, they, and they speaking, obviously, they weren't slouches, but three guys. Speaking of Yamaha Troy, uh, Dylan Epstein's sponsor is Casey Johnson Racing. <laughs> is this Casey Johnson, Casey Johnson? Privateer profile. Read the website. Yeah, if you would have read uh, Chase's article, you'd know this. Okay, I we did a we did a story on Dylan Epstein on the website. Yes, that's my number one question. Okay, uh, I only read my stuff. I just read it over and over. Um, so this is okay. So explain to me then what's going on. That's his trainer or his coach or something like that. Casey Jones. He also he also helped him get a bike and yep. pretty big part of his program. Oh, okay. Well, good for good for big. He's back. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move on to to four fifty class. Uh, but first, let's take a uh, commercial break. BTOsports.com, all-new website, easy ordering, express shipping, anything you need for your bike or body. they got OEM parts now, people. OEM parts, that's right. And uh, use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money. And, of course, uh, JT, who can forget about Fox Racing? Fox Racing, the official Me? gear. I can. I can. Official gear, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, many other riders out there. Uh Weston Pike, uh, sort of in Fox, looking good in, in the shift. Fox, get up out there. Foxhead.com. We thank those guys. And uh, chances are, if you have a bike and you're listening to this, chances are you need suspension work because, uh, trust me, none of you guys do your suspension work on it enough uh, as much as you should. So listen to this race deck commercial. Use the code PulpMX14 to save yourself money on any work at Race Tech. And we'll be right back with the uh, 450s. BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. 
Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech Suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thie, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on uh, the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. 450 class. Uh, well, we've seen, why well, can't we saw Jeremy Martin and sure Kenny Roxon is, uh, has gone 2 2 1 1, but. He's close to Jeremy Martin level. He's pretty good. He's he's not Jeremy Martin level, but he's close. Um, he's close as far as the SC two two one one, but he's not. Again, he's not even in sight within two laps level. He's pretty good. He's pretty good for he, sure. He has put. This is surprising. This is surprising. Really? Yes. 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 I think so. I think so. Do uh, you classify this as a surprise? Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say a surprise. Yes, but he showed a lot of promise last year, and the, and the curve is always pretty high for these phenoms in their second year. So I'm not blown away. He told I'll me you, I'll give you a surprise. He told me after the race that, like when I was like, "Dude, this is really good," and you said you were getting a little bit tired uh, in outdoors or in supercross, and you're 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 looking great outdoors. He said to me three or four times that, you know, motocross comes easier to me. Motocross comes easier. I know how to conserve energy. I know how to ride motocross better. It's just, it just comes easier to me. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, but I think we have a problem, Wygant, because we're in for a long summer, it's looking like. We have two guys right now. Yes. We have two guys that are clearly better than everybody else, and this is depressing to me. Not because I don't like Ryan Dungey or, or Ken Roxon. Uh, but because I want to see some great battles, we're not getting that. We're not getting that. Canard was right there, and they dropped him. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I agree. You're, it's 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 dangerous because now you're providing no one else steps up here, and it's not looking. I don't want these terms step up. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> they step up. Uh, the way it's looking right now is like, yeah, the title is between these two, and that's always dangerous turf because it all it takes is one guy, you know, going a little bit up or the other guy going a little bit down or getting hurt or crashing or having a bike prop. You're, you're already living on the edge as far as the season just being a blowout. You know, we, this yeah. is what happened in, in 2012 with Stewart and Dungey. It's like as long as they're both good all year, it's going to be ex- – ah, Stewart's out. It's done. <laughs> yeah. End it yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah, there – That's the danger. What do you think, JT? These guys, these KTM guys, man. Oh, man, I'm. <laughs> I don't want to hand them the trophy just yet, but 
Well, you handed. I wouldn't get in the way of someone doing it. You handed Weber Martin the trophies. <laughs> I, it's pretty much the same thing. It's, it's Yamaha in the 250 and KTM in, in the 450. I mean, it's it's mirror image. Like these guys are head and shoulders better than everyone else on the track right now. Not even close. I do think Trey's going to get better though. So there is that. I think Trey will be in the battle uh, sooner than later. I think when the dirt comes around a little bit, Trey gets a little bit more traction. Um, he has some tracks he's really good at. I, I think he will be in the fight. Yeah, well, and Stewie still said, made made comments after the race, that he's still not happy with his bike setup. Why, Gimp? You said he would be better. You said. Uh, he'd probably be better, but still not be happy. I think we could all. Yeah, I guess you're right. We can all just get along there. Yeah, you're you're right. You know, I think the second moto was the first time. Like, okay, obviously some dudes complain about bike setup or whatever, but I'd say the first three motos of the year, you could literally see how bad it was. You could literally see the bike bouncing in spots where you don't uh-huh. see bikes bounce, mm-hmm. I feel. Second moto in Hangtown, I didn't think looked like that, at least. Yeah, it was better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. I mean, it did. Is it just me? Like, you guys should know more about this stuff. You guys know more about testing and bikes than I do. There well, were parts in the first three motors of the year where you're like, dude, he is getting fucked around. Well, I, I, Glenn Helen for sure, I thought. But I wrote this in my column, and JT disagreed. Like, I I don't care. It's not like it's, you know, m- massively off and it's going to kill him and hurt him. Like, the rider is still 80 to 90% of this sport. You know what I mean? And and so, like, yeah, it's off and it's not looking good. But, again, I, Ricky Carmichael rides through that and wins. God, Ricky, Carmich- Ricky Carmichael's bike looked like crap a ton of times when he was running – you know, no, no travel in the back and rebound that looked like it had syrup in the in the shock, and the guy. But still, that's what he wanted. That's the setup he asked. Yeah, for. but it worked. He was onto something with it that. worked like shit. According to you. According to video and according to everybody, every rider that watched him. Not according to the results sheet. Well, that's what I'm saying because he was such a great rider. I do think that the bike makes a huge difference, no. and I I think. No. 80 to 90 percent of riders would agree with that. So yeah, because you guys need something. You can't just sit there and go, "Yeah, man, I got worked." Okay. What, well, what? you go. You go take every other sport out there. You know, NASCAR, MotoGP, Formula One, Indy cars. Okay. All, anything with a motor in it. All and different. Tell them that the setup doesn't matter. All different. Nothing matters other than the rider. All you're talking about in those sports is uh, asphalt, and where you have perfect traction. And you have uh, everything is a sort of neutral deal, and you can uh, adjust your car any way you want, and it does make you, sound, you sound like someone who's never ridden motocross. All you got to do is twist the throttle. And no, on not it. at all. It's just it's proven, man. It's it's it, the bike is a part of it. There's no doubt, but I don't think the bike is holding James Stewart back. Really? No, no. I, he's James Stewart, man. He's he's an incredible rider. I just think maybe. So what's holding him back? If he's, he's still incredible, what's holding him back? He's not riding as well as those guys. He is not riding as well as those guys. He is not as fast as Ryan Dungey and Ken Roxon. That is what is holding him back. So, I believe that okay. even if he was totally on point, he might not be as good as them, but he's not totally on point. So we can't answer that question. It would be ridiculous for me to say he's a couple clickers away from making up the one minute or so that he needs. That's what I'm saying. But... You have, he could at least make up half the di- – the bike, that doesn't mean the bike is fine. Okay, so 
So a 450cc four-stroke motor is Suzuki have nobody over there that's capable of, of making that motor? They just don't know what's going on. Of course, yeah, not. no one's talking about the motor. No, no, of course, I'm working to that. Uh, he runs Showa suspension on a chassis that is four years old. I believe that James uses the old frame. Uh, are all these guys from Showa? Are they just incompetent? This is their first year on the job. Nobody can look back to when James was winning nationals uh, against Ryan Dungey and go, "Hmm, look at these settings." I mean, yeah, it's an air fork, but. I mean, are these Did guys- you realize that, that those guys go off of rider feedback, correct? Well, whatever it was. I, that, these guys, these super smart people standing around trying to work on James Stewart's bike. The smartest people in the pits. Uh, the rider tells them what to, where to go setup-wise, though. Yeah, but they still have their notes from other Showa teams, other Showa uh, suspension teams, other uh, uh, old settings from old Suzuki racers, um, you know? Uh, yes, it's an air fork, but again, like you guys are acting like these. Do you think that you think that Ryan Dungey or Ken Roxon could get on any motorcycle, no matter what the setup is, and go win? No problem. Just go out there. And well, they got to set take up a, a, an amateur bike from the pits on on Friday oh. night. We'll just pick one well, of out of the back of a pickup truck and we'll, we'll just well, line them up. Well, of course not. You have to be in the ballpark with your spring rate and your valving and and uh, have a bike set up the way you like it. Maybe you ride over the front. Maybe you ride over the back. You were just saying Richie could win on anything. He could win on an ill-handling bike. Okay. So well, yeah. I I happen to have ridden a lot of bikes where they're good and bad, and it well, makes yeah. a huge difference. You're a rider. It's hard to look in the mirror and go, "Man, I just got beat today." It's hard to do that. No, it's not really for me. I got no, beat not, all the time. Not for I you. Do that every night of my life. Yeah. Well, not for you specifically, a top rider. Oh. No, I mean JT was not a wow. top rider. He was not a top rider in the sport. So, very good rider, great career, made a lot of money, did things that 90% of the people did not do. Somehow JT just said, I got beat every day in my life, and then you managed to submarine that. I didn't know that could be done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, come in even lower. Let's, let's move on. I'm coming from a mechanic uh, team perspective, and JT is coming from a rider perspective. I think this is like Iran, Iraq. You know, we will just never – there's just fundamentally – Issues that we could never get over. So, Stewart's bike is off. It will get better. That doesn't mean that that's the reason he's losing. The the KTM guys are good. And I think you just said it doesn't matter, though. Dungey rode well. I'm, I'm moving on. Dungey rode well, but uh, Kenny had him covered, Wygant. He did. He really did. He was going you know, a second or two faster than him. And I, I was a little surprised, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess... The big thing, like, Roxon's fitness, uh, one thing that you may look at is Dungey can go uh, super fast for as long as he needs to. But Roxon seems to be, obviously, with his fitness, seems to be pretty great, too. Yeah, I mean, we all count on Dungey's fitness, but now that Roxon's with Alden, and he's been with him for a while, I mean, I, I think when he first joined with Alden, it was like, well, is this really going to work? Is he going to be able to handle it? Well, we haven't heard any problems. We've heard any drama of, like, oh, man, he just wants to eat his burgers. He's not doing it. Yeah. Chipotle. We haven't heard any of that. So, he, how much better shape can Dungey possibly be in than him? Yeah. Maybe he's a little better just because he's raced the class a little longer because he's a little, few years older. Maybe he's stronger. But, I, I mean, Rox is not going to be a pushover at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, forever it's worth, I think Hangtown has always been a good track for Rox, and, and it hasn't been great for Dungey. So, 
Yeah. I wonder if the two the weekends, like they flip-flopped, like Dungey was a little better last week and Roxham was better this week. I wonder how much that uh, was a factor. Yeah. Uh, how much of that chat Barcher's ass to get caught and passed by, passed by Trey in the second moto? Ooh. Oh, I got a theory on this. Okay. BT, help me out because I'm going gonna to go with the rider on this one. Okay, it was obvious that Barsha and Metcalf, maybe to a lesser degree, but in general they were like, I am going to do everything I can to not get past here. I'm going balls out. castration, balls out. Balls out, yeah. Did they blow themselves up? Does that happen at this level? Do you, uh, you certainly can. Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, it, it, honestly, when it happens more, and this is just going to drive Mathis nuts, it's when you're – your bike's not perfect, and you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> but but being complete, like being real, when your bike's not exactly how you want it, or you you perceive it not working great, and you still are trying to push the edge, you hold on so much tighter, and you put so much more effort into it, then that that makes a big difference. Like you can you can use a lot of energy just being like, screw it, I don't care how my bike's working, I'm just going anyway. That's typically when you blow up. Barsha was was out was balls out. There's no doubt. Feet off the pegs, sideways. He was trying everything. Yeah, I watched it and I'm like, there's yeah. he, the bottom will drop. He can't ride like this for 35 minutes, and not because he's not in shape. It's the, the theory I keep throwing out there. Like a dude who can run five minute miles. That means if you run a seven minute mile next to him, he will never get tired. A seven minute mile is slow for him. That is cruising. If you are a person who only runs eight minute miles, when you're running a seven minute mile, you're dying. <laughs> so, I think it was like Roxanne and Dunger just back there, just going, "Okay, mm-hmm, cool, yeah, yeah, we're just keep battling it out, guys. We'll get you." Yeah, yeah. And then the other two were just smashing stuff, and I'm like, they cannot possibly ride like this the whole moto, and they couldn't. Like, I feel like Barsha, in the end, that's why he dropped off, I think, so much and got passed by Trey. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, th- I feel like that. I feel like that. That Barsha is racing like a qualifying lap, and you you can't do that. You just can't. And I mean, the other guys are racing like a national. Yeah, he's trying to beat him, which is awesome. It was definitely exciting. Those first couple laps were actually they were the most exciting laps of the year. I think. I think that was even more exciting than the last lap of uh, Glen Helen. That's pretty good. Oh, I applaud the effort. It's just not a real practical way to go about winning a national, I don't think. I didn't watch the TV show yet, so I didn't see this. The metcalf Canard thing, was it on TV? Yes. What What's your take on that, Wygant? What would you think? Uh, I, I don't – I think it was okay. Okay, because there was, right. was a little hurt feelings in the pits. Yeah, I, I can see why there would be, because in any of those situations, it's always a little bit biased, right? two sides of the story when they're involved. Yeah. I think, like, I think that's where Kennard was going to make passes. Like, that was his line. Uh, and maybe he came in a little bit too hot, but I don't I don't yeah. think it was ridiculous. Man, I talked to Weimer after the race. He was on Suicide Watch. Whole shot the second moto. <laughs> and I went backwards. He asked me if I'm hiring next year. Pulp, like, Pulp or Racer X. I don't know. But, uh, I mean. Suicide Watch, hey. You know, hey, he, you know, you got to. Get those starts to step up and make those small steps, and then if next week he needs another good start, and he can, you know, realize the pace again. But it wasn't like he was terrible though. Uh, seven eight. Uh, JT Weston Pike was great. 
He was great. Yeah, he's good. I mean, I think this is uh, this is what he's capable of. I, I think he's shown that he's capable of that, especially towards the end of last year. Um, obviously, and he stated that the team is helping him kind of reach his potential. Uh, he's not guessing on stuff and got a lot more data to go off of and people that, that are really knowledgeable about certain situations and set up and how the track's going to go and all that stuff. So I think there's just a lot more knowledge around him than he's ever had, and I think he's benefiting from that. So he, uh, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering where the the limit, you know, where the ceiling is. If he could ever, if he ever gets up there on the start, like a top three start, uh, he's shown many times he's not intimidated. So I'm interested to see what the, where's the ceiling at for him. Tenth. Oh, he must have crashed. Yeah, he, yeah, he crashed or, or he lost some time. He came from twelfth to eighth uh, and then fourteenth to sixth in the two motos, and he was he was yeah he was hauling butt. There's no doubt. Yeah, fitness is fitness is his friend. I mean, it's he, the speed is something that's new for him. I think in the last year or so, but yeah. fitness has been there. Yeah. So it's kind of all coming together for him. I, I'm excited to see it. I mean, it's, I just hope he can keep the keep the ball rolling and no nothing stupid happens and he can keep building. Because that's really that's really what it comes down to. I think for a lot of guys is. Yeah keeping the momentum train going and not having anything to derail your improvement. He, uh, guy's got to chap some of those guys. At. Maybe not now because he's on the RCH bike, but he's passing some guys that make a lot of money and have, you know, have been factory riders for a long time. And he is going around the outside of guys. Like, I think that's starting to fade though. Yeah. I maybe. think it's happened maybe. so many times and it's, it's getting more and more consistent that I think he's breaking through that barrier of, Oh hell no, dude! This guy's not passing me. I, I just think he's he's knocking that wall down because that that truly exists. I mean, there's it happened for me, and I know Mathis thinks I suck and all that. And, yeah, that's it. That's but it's exactly still it. there's always guys that you don't think should be you under any circumstances, and I just think he's knocking those barriers down. Now you sound like guys on Twitter. By the way, all the people on Twitter uh, didn't get any tweets this week. Hey, Mathis and JT and Weed, you guys were right about Josh Grant. You were right. Uh, he's going to be fast here and there, and he's going to, you know, maybe get hurt. Didn't get any of those tweets. So, anyways. Um, well, yeah, you're not a top journalist of the was, sport. So. He, he was going, like, around the outside of guys. Just so much faster. Like, I don't care that you're on the inside. Watch me go around you. And just see you. Like, bye. I got to go. I'm Weston Pike. I got to go. So, I thought he was really impressive. Not intimidated. Uh, That's his greatest strength. What about Reed's ride, JT? What'd you think? Did you talk to him? Uh, he got another tenth overall. Yeah, I don't think it was what he was looking for at all. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I it think was, he, he it was worse than it was worse than Glenn Helen. Yeah, it was. I, I think he was okay about halfway through the first moto. He was like, "All right, I'm okay here," but he had a lot of pressure from the guys behind him, and I think that took a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried. I was actually sitting with my VIP guys. And I was like, man, this is not a good situation for Chad because he needs to be able to ride his own pace and put laps in. And he literally had four guys all over him. And I'm like, this is worst-case scenario for him because he can't, he can't ride in his comfort zone. He's got to push way beyond where he wants to be to try to stay in front of these guys. And I think, I think that took more out of him than he had. I really do. I think that was kind of the determining factor on his day is those, that 10 to 15 minutes of pushing beyond where he wanted to be really – Mm-hmm. He paid a price for that. And what about Grant's day? Weege ran over his ankle, right in the in the second moto. 
Ran over his foot. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's why he was in the pits and then, and then pulled out. And I don't even remember. I don't even remember the first moto. <laughs> I don't remember what happened there. I don't even know. He, he was all over. He was in that battle behind Chad forever. Yeah, yeah he. It was. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that like where was it? Like you know, it was seven, Mookie like 11, Weimer. 12. It was Weimer Grant Mookie Pike Pike. And Mookie, and they all they all ended up passing him. Actually, Pike went up and passed all of them. Yeah, them and then uh, Mookie crashed, or no, Metcalf crashed, and Mookie was all over him uh, at, at, the, at the finish. So, or was it the second moto? Um, Nick, Nicoletti was a lap down, also applying pressure. I'm like, dude, you're <laughs> killing my guy here, and you're not even on the same lap. He unlapped himself from Reed, didn't he? Yeah, and and he was just yeah. pressuring him. I'm like, and I'm I wanted to like beat Chad over the pit board, like just let him go, like. Fine. Filthy, but filthy's on a th- filthy's on a three race deal, bro. He's got to make no, sure. No, I wasn't mad at Phil. Yeah, I was I just I, I was know. bummed out that Ch- I knew Chad was pushing harder than he needed to because he had a really big gap to the next real guy, and he was just just expending a lot of energy that I knew he needed. Yeah. Um, Frederick Noren, Weege, twelve thirteen. Yeah, he's much better outdoors than in Supercross. Yeah, and he's good at Hangtown too. He's done well before there before, or decent, you know, decent anyways. You ever talk? He is to not him? good at. He is not good at Southwick. You ever talk to him, Weech? Yeah, actually, uh, I think I talked to him once or twice in Supercross this year, and maybe once in the Nationals before. I mean, he's been here for years now, hasn't? Yeah. Have you ever talked to him, JT? Uh, yeah, briefly. Not not any any real conversation. He's a good no. guy, friendly guy, he's from Sweden. Oh, he's sweet. Of course, he's friendly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. guy. Uh, uh, is that? I don't know if that's his girlfriend or I think it might be his wife now. For sure, the hottest mechanic in Mechanics Row, and I'm putting myself in there as well. Hmm. Yeah. There's a. I think. Uh, speaking of that, I think there needs to be a little shootout. I was watching practice. You know, I was down in Mechanics area, the staging area, all that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a pretty decent group of those. Of the hot girlfriend mechanic. Really? Compost. Yeah, yeah. Nick McCabe, who works for MX Sports, does some stuff with Race Rex. He pointed one out during a riders meeting. He's like, see that guy over there? Yeah. He never makes any of the nationals ever, but he's always here, and he's got a super hot chick doing all the work for him here every year. Like, at all the races every year. And I'm but like, wow. Th- don't, doesn't your uh, boyfriend, husband have to make the motos to be in a shootout? Or no? Just. Well, I mean, all you need is, you know, they're, she's still boarding for him probably in practice. Yep. So you could get five or six photos, you know, of the different candidates. and oh, Yeah, okay, maybe maybe put some swimsuits on them. Is that where you're going with this? Because then I saw another one, and then I know what you're saying about Norin. I'm sure there's others out there. You could probably get a good half dozen together. Put swimsuits on them? Shootout, yeah. Shoot yeah. Swimsuits, board, pit boarding. Add, add some teeth to the sprockets. Bring in the offsets. What about uh, Kerry Hart? Kerry Hart had pink. Yeah. Pit boarding for him? Yes. Man, wow. she proposed to him by pit board. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I was telling the TV people they need to, because Georgia Lindsay, like, literally at this point does know. Like, she's learning more and more. Like, she, she, I mean, she she's changed clutches. So, I'm like, they need to have that be part of the show. Like, right. people, that would blow people's minds. Yeah, she does, she does air filters. I know that. Or she's done them. Yeah, if you had her change the clutch on a bike on the TV show, people would be flipping out. Do you think there's any other... You know, person in her in, in her playing that role. You know, the the pit reporter role on a television show in motorsports that could do that. I just like that this girl with Norrin, and again, I got to get to the bottom of this girlfriend or boyfriend or or wife. Or I just like like she, she 
I think she worked. She's, she was in the media. She worked for the media for a little bit, right? Weech, who she worked for? She shot pictures. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Shot pictures for so one. I'm yeah. impressed. Like, you know, look, I don't want to be a dick here, but I probably will be. You know, whenever I say that, whenever you qualify, it's like with all due respect, then you just ruin somebody. But, um, like, a girl like, like that. With all due respect, you are not a top writer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, like that. The girls, you know, you would think a girl like that would, you know, find her way to a top factory rider. Not a guy living in a van from Sweden. But no. He, he's a man in Sweden, though. Like, that's, that's what you're missing. Yeah, but she's American. Well, maybe she's been to Sweden. <laughs> so, the American girl can just go to Sweden and she'll just take him being the man? I'm not sure if you know this, but Swedish people are generally pretty good looking as well, which I think... Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, no one's not a bad-looking yeah. guy. But I'm just saying, I, I, I like the fact that she's not scared to rough it. Not scared to rough it with a privateer. It's good. I like I'm that. not willing to really go out on a limb and talk like that about her. Oh. But whatever you're into. <laughs> really? You're gonna, that's where you're going to turn this. I, you said it, not me. Sean Collier, 14th. Showed up. Will he go to Colorado? Will Sean Collier go for color, go to Colorado? I had I had, an, I had a conversation with a guy that's very close to the Sean Collier uh, <laughs> situation. Camp, uh, not Sean... not real happy with us, but he was really cool. Uh, he he was basically just uh, explaining what happened, why he DNF Stegamoto, and basically got a flat tire, didn't have an didn't have an extra wheel, so that was that. Uh, but he had a strong day. He got a little bit tired at the end of the second moto, lost his spot at the end. But when you say us, for a guy that, what do you mean? For a guy that has a full-time job, really impressive. What do you mean us? Not, mean not us? happy with us. Oh, that we were kind of uh, making light of the fact that he only finishes one moto. Oh, we well, were doing that. Yeah, we were doing that. Well, it wasn't Mine so... was more out of concern and love, though. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much uh, me or Weech. It was more JT. But, oh, really? Because you know, fantasy purposes, this is what he does. This is okay. But, well, I, I took. I was the one that had the conversation with the guy, so that's fine. Uh, hey, heartbreak of the day. Tommy Week. Uh, he was 14th, I believe, in the first moto. Yes. Two laps left. He crashes in front of the mechanics area, and he looked dead tired. And I don't know what happened, but. The next thing you know, he didn't get up too quick, and so he DNF that moto. Uh, give him those points, and he's like 13th, 14th overall right there with Collier. Uh, instead, he goes uh, two laps away from that and 36-17. Uh, Heartbreak for Tommy Week and, and Chase Stallo, I'm sure. So he was, a, he was a member of my fantasy team, and I may or may not have exploded a water bottle as he exploded himself on that straightaway. Oh, okay. Very unhappy. Well, in, in one way, JT, you uh, you crap talking on Collier. Maybe that motivated him to finish both motos. Yeah, I, you I, know who else I'll was? Take a, a, I'll take a thank you. Do you know who else was a fantasy killer for one moto? Sean Rife. Oh, well, I would I refuse to pick him. He is he was on my Davalos, Nico, Izzy, Sean Rife. There, there's a no pick list, <laughs> and those guys are all on it. I was in some sort of league of dorks and picking Rife after practice times for a few weeks. And he just just bit me, just just killed me. Sean Rife couldn't put it together for two motos. I have an update on the Trey Kennard, uh Brett Metcalf pass. I'm just now seeing it for the first time, and eh, <laughs> eh. Trey didn't mean to. I it's it's pretty much what he said on the podium. He said he was screaming that hey I'm on the inside as Meddy started to cut over, and you can see Trey is all break. 
Yeah. I, I, slow, I just watched it in slow motion. There yeah, is but, full breaks trying to not hit him, and it was just, yeah, it was just. And to be fair to Metcalf, I spoke to him, you know, before he had seen the replay. So, you know. Yep. And Metcalf, I think, Metcalf did mention, I may have turned early or turned down. Yeah, he did. Trust me, I'm watching in slow motion, and Trey had no intention of, of knocking Metcalf down. Zero. Uh, Weege, shocking that the fly racing uh, rep uh, knows, assigns zero blame to Trey Canard. No, I. Trey was Trey went in there to try to make a pass, but it was not. He did not plan on that happening. What do you think, Weech? I, especially to Metcalf. Metcalf's cool. Like you, you, I don't, I just don't see it. I already talked about it. I already gave him opinion. I don't, I don't think what Trey did was no, wrong. but I'm, I think I'm, it was maybe an aggressive pass. But I don't. I, think I know it you was ta- like completely out of line. Like how know, dare you do that? I know you talked about it, but I'm saying shocking that the fly racing rep assigns no yeah, blame that's, to that's, that's to, to fly racing's Trey Kennard for that incident. I cannot. Agree with him, and then say the only reason he's saying it is because he's biased. I've already gone on record saying that I have the same stance. So, uh, Your Honor, we have uh, we have uh, uh, Fly Racing's Trey Kennard on videotape here, looting and pillaging a liquor store and a, an electronics store. Um, we have this video. Uh, what say you, Honor uh, Judge Jason Thomas? The only reason you're not condemning Trey is because that Timmy trains him. So shocking to me that Timmy Thanks. Ferry's rider would be. Thanks for going with my joke. Without blame. Thanks for going with my joke. I, your joke sucked. Okay. I'm still mad about the not top rider thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're a top rider in a sport. Got it. Whatever. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um. What else? I wish I wish uh, Peter Larson would put PJ back on his entries. It's a cooler name. Um. Sixteen twenty four for Peter Larson. What else, Weege? Uh, what else we got to talk about? Right here. What else we got to talk about? Mookie had another decent day. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and, he's been consistent. And what was going on? I mean, with, that's pretty what was, good. What was going on with his bike in the first moto too? Pipe. pipe. I did. The bike doesn't matter. Pipe. Pipe issue. Header issue. Doesn't something. doesn't matter. You should be able. Oh, to, okay. Ricky would ride through it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm talking about a mace, a massive malfunction. Uh, it doesn't it's uh, there's it's eighty to ninety percent rider, so it is it's only absolutely ten percent max. Absolutely, it is. It's gonna be ten to twenty percent max, even a major mouth. Absolutely. So let me when you me, look at it analytically, that shouldn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have so much experience with the machines, JT. I know you were, you know, definitely. I one do. Of the, I rode them for one of the top years. At a one of the top level. test riders out there. There's no doubt when Jason Thomas's name gets brought up, legendary tester is also soon followed. Let's call Chad and Timmy and Burner and. Get to the bottom of this legendary testing skills that you had. You know how many times they've ridden my bike? Zero. So no. There you go. Timmy rode one of your Hondas and said it was the worst setup bike he's ever ridden in his life. But part of that was due to your height. You know he actually he actually rode Hondas in 2006 because of my motorcycle. You know this, right? <laughs> yeah, your Scoofy setup was still couldn't overshadow a, a great bike. Oh, nice, nice, nice argument. <laughs> Dylan Epstein, good ride for him, seventeen ten. I don't know. I know we talked about Casey Johnson, but uh, a tenth. I didn't realize he got tenth. Good job by him. Um, Muskan still coming back, still struggling a bit, but not a bad day. Nine seven. He's definitely off the pace he was last year. So I asked him, when do you think you can get back to where you were last year? And he's like, I think very soon. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. So I be- think the whole class, the whole two fifty class, basically just has to hope that. They find out the Yamahas are running like two nineties, 
and they just get disqualified and have all the points taken away, and they're not allowed to race for the rest. Where of is Whitelock? They'd all be in pretty good shape, points wise, and all that stuff. Where is Whitelock and his fuel testing? Where is he? Yeah, someone call him. He's over there testing Anstey. <laughs> someone call him for lead testing. I mean, all these, like, yeah, for Muscan, 9-7, he scored some points last week, too. Where did you say he is? Fifth in the standings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if these other dudes weren't fleeing the scene, he'd be okay. But they're already so far behind. Okay, okay. Here, here's a bench racing question. I think I, I think I think I know the answer to it. Uh, who's more impressive, Wygant? The two KTM guys or the two Yamaha guys? Two Yamaha guys. Yeah, me too. All right. JT, you agree? Impressive? Yeah. I'm going to say the KTM. Surprising, easily Yamaha. Okay, all right. So there we go. I think the, I think the competition levels are much different, so you kind of have to take that into account when you say impressive. I can't separate. You're talking about multi multi time national champions that that these KTM guys are just crushing. But I can't separate the two. Like to me, I can't. My jaw cannot drop when Dungey and Roxon do well. Like we've seen Dungey and Roxon do well all over the place. I can't separate it. The, the fact that the Yamaha guys are dominating like this, and it's this unexpected, those things are welded together for me. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's why I was going with the surprising. Yeah. I'm I'm completely blown away. But impressed wise, I, I just I have so much respect for Barsha, Kennard, Stewart, uh, even you know Chad and these Medi and these, I mean they're beating these guys bad by thirty seconds plus. I mean it's it's bad. So. To me, that's man. Yeah, let me, like, uh, I don't even know how you go about that. Let me look at the thing. Uh, second moto. Uh, wait, that's the wrong class. Good job, Mathis. What? Yeah. What was? I would like to know what was Roxon's gap. Uh, Fifteen seconds. Dunge had on Stu. Eleven seconds. Roxon had on Dunge in the second moto. So, okay. uh, 26 seconds from Roxon to Stu. Okay. Uh, first moto? I think first moto is almost identical. I think it was 27. Was it? Trey or something like that. It was 27 maybe with a lap to go. Yes, 27 seconds to, to Kennard, uh, 8 seconds on Dunge. And Dun- so, that was Dunge was 21 ahead of Trey. 21 seconds ahead of third place. And I think the second moto last week when Kennard was third was almost the same exact thing. Wasn't it 27 or 28? Yeah. 15 seconds. I keep sending up exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Pretty pretty impressive, man. I, who cares? I don't care who's more impressive. They're both just, I mean, hats off to them. That's, they're both, all four of those guys are doing amazing. We, uh, we really thought we were going to see some great racing. I think, yeah. I mean, the 250 class, it's, we really, the 450 we have, we've seen great racing in the 450 class. The yeah. 250 classes, if it wasn't so surprising, like if this was one of the guys we expected to do this, I don't even know who that would be, but over the years, if it was like a Stewart, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of what we thought. The only thing that's keeping it from being that is just it's so surprising that it's these two. I'm going to I'm gonna stick to the Stew train for now. I have I think I picked them JT in our pre-race uh Fox Racing pre-race thing to finish third. Um, maybe I said second. I don't know. I'm still. I'm going to stick with the Stu train and hopefully the seven turns it around here. So what would he yeah, we take, to we to had the around? same exact top three. Did we? What's that? Yeah. Weech? What would he need to do to turn it around then? 
I don't know. Ride better. Just ride faster. Yes, yeah. just just there's, just there's ride. Nothing to be gained in the bike setup. That's a zero. That's a non-factor. No, no, no. There's a little bit to be gained. He needs a little to just bit. Ride better. But he needs to. Be, yeah, I just maybe. You know, he's an he's an East Coast guy. You know, he's never shown much speed in, on the no, West Coast. No, no, you're right. <laughs> it's it's, it's incredible to me how much these teams spend on testing and making the bike better and equipment and stuff like that when it doesn't matter. Like. They, you should. I, I, you could sell this info to them, Mathis, and they could save oh, but, hey, tens of thousands hey, of dollars. Believe me, and you could, I bet you could get some of that. Money. Believe me, if you saw me at the Yamaha days screaming this out, out of the test tracks, uh, I've made my uh, opinion well known. You uh, you test all day, then you end up back at the races, and you put it on exactly what you what you worked what you worked uh, the last two weeks on, not yeah, the well, new not I'm, the new settings. It's shocking to me that they don't listen to you. What well, were they? What what? What possible evidence could they have to the contrary? The motorcycle racing community, JT, uh, has not embraced the work smarter, not harder uh, philosophy of life. They like to work uh, as hard as they can, chasing their tails, because if they don't, the riders, you riders, you end up blaming the team. You, you, you cannot look in the mirror and just say, I got beat. You riders go, it's my bike. It's my trainer. It's I, I tightened up. I untightened. I tightening up and untightening is blaming yourself. So you know, that, that's your trainer. No, no, that, that's your trainer. Your trainer's got you on the wrong program. You need to switch trainers. Oh, I you need to switch I, you need to jump from Rhino to Rockwell to Charles Dow to, to Rob Beams. You need to jump all those trainers because they're all screwing you off. Screwing screwing you up. <laughs> screwing you off. Uh and then also too, like I said, if the teams the teams work hard, all these guys give hundred percent. They try their best. They try to make the bike as good as they can. But in the at the end of the day, a lot of it is just a white noise, and the rider has to uh, just uh, look in the mirror and go faster himself. I will, I will. Eleven years as a mechanic on two factory teams, I firmly believe that. But you're right. Like, I, I, this is, I understand this, you believe it. I just is, don't this know is, that you know. That's this is, this is this Iran. Taliban people believe in what they're doing too. This is Iran and Iraq. We come from different, <laughs> different philosophies of life. So. Um, you keep making those IEDs and, and uh, okay. you know, all right. Akbar and all that stuff. Way to take this in a weird spot. Good job. Yeah. Um, you know what sucks, though? But I admire Tedesco and Albertson and Nicoletti. They're so far out of it in the first moto, but they all finished the race. They got no points, uh, but they all finished the race. JT, so let's ask you, the rider. Um, I talked to Tedesco after the race. He said, "You know what? I got eight. I got eight gate picks better than I than I had if I'd pulled off. Is the eight gate picks worth the extra energy you spend? Do you know what I mean? What's the trade off? What's the trade off for, uh, for packing? You know what? I I think I think it is because I don't think that he was just balled out. Yeah, yeah. Wearing himself out. You right. know that that's what takes it out of you. The the effort he was probably putting in. He's pulling over for guys lapping him. Right, right. You know he's riding hard, but it's it. If you got arm pump, you back it down. Yeah. So I don't I don't think if a guy's in shape that it really matters. And eight eight gate picks can make a big difference. I mean that's what twenty feet or more. You yeah, know, that's, yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, he said it didn't work for him, but he you know he still said that it was better to have the gate pick. So. Yeah, that that would be my yeah that would be my take is the energy that you're spending riding around at you know eighty or ninety percent or probably what he was doing is not a big deal. Okay. Um, what else? Anything else? I think we're good. We're good? All right. 
btosports.com racer x podcast presented by fox racing hangtown wrap up uh before we go Weege, do we see another one one from uh jeremy martin in denver this weekend i think at this point you've got to say yes <laughs> i think so too otherwise i think so too jt what do you think uh, yeah i don't see how you can get away from that he's just so good <laughs> it's just so good. It's a joke. Like, I, like, like, I, I know I've said it. This is a sixth time I think I've said it. <laughs> Out of sight by the second lap. Yeah. Yeah. So. And with, with, with going to a track that is, I know you're going to hate this, Mathis, but the engines are a big deal at this track. Yeah, they are. Coming up. No, they are. Yeah. They yeah. Are. And, and I think we're all in agreement that the Yamaha engines have been really impressive. So they're, you know, probably going to have a big advantage this weekend. How are they going to stop this? Do I? How is anyone going to stop this? Obviously, he's good on all the tracks, but I seem to think Porcel is good at Colorado. I know the gate didn't fall on him one 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 year, but for one of his motos. But isn't he pretty good at Colorado? The gate bounced. Remember that? Well, there was that. That was actually gate gate. Gate gate. Yeah. Because gate-gate. depending on who you talk to, the agent said MX Sports uh, effed him. The mechanic said the MX Sports blamed it on a mechanic. Uh, mechanic blamed Porcel. I think. I think it went around and around. We never really did figure out what went on, did we? We never actually got to the bottom of that. The gate did bounce, which, how do you get to the bottom of that? When, what, does that ever happen? But it really did. It's the only time in the history that a gate has bounced back up. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, I don't, I think, what year was that? I think it was 09. If you folks can find the clip on YouTube or you can go to the Pro Motocross dot com site and look through the archives. If that race is there, is there? And, uh, um, Kyle Bentley cleaned up too much dirt around it, and they said that every mechanic knows that that's something that can happen, and they know how to prep the gate to prevent that from happening. Mathis, did you ever discuss the bouncing? <laughs> no, injury? that never got brought up. No one said, "Hey," I would argue that vehemently. <laughs> no one said, "Hey, Mathis, stop it! The gate is going to bounce." And no one. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Weird deal. Anyways, I, I maybe maybe Purcell could could get in there. I don't know. It's I'm just throwing it out there. Who knows? It's gonna rain blue again, probably in Colorado. Yeah. Just just rain and blue. Uh, uh, speaking of, you see, raining yellow is there. I did. Yeah, I met him. I met him. <laughs> yeah. Number one James Stewart fan. Um, he got some gifts at the end of the at the end of the day from uh, the crew at Seven and Suzuki and all that. Wow. Good for him. He's like, you know, it's like Moser. He's working his way in there. Oh. I think if, uh, to jump on what you guys were saying earlier, I do think if if Anderson has a shot at reeling some points back in, it could be this weekend. I think this is, we joke about it all the time, but this has to be considered his home track if he has any. I know the Colorado racing scene is, is very common for New Mexico riders to go up there. So this would be one that I would see him doing well at. Okay. If anyone's going to break up the blue, he, he's he's my vote. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Jason Wyatt. Oh, I forgot one thing. You oh, mentioned Moser. Yeah. Andrew Short fan. Yeah. Uh, did we even mention Short in this? We didn't. He got, uh, well, did you guys see the Nicoletti Short pass yes. in the first moto? Yep. I guess, was Shorty mad? Was that what that was, that gesture? He was, yeah. I mean, he didn't, I don't even think he really knew what Nicoletti did. But, yes, he was upset. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those, one of those things. How do you, bl- I don't know. I couldn't figure out who you blame in that one. No, I don't think you blame anyone. It was just bad timing. Nicoletti thought he timed it correctly. 
Um, and he just was, you know, that hairline moment too quick, you know. Another tenth of a second and Shorty's rear wheel is out of the way and everything goes to plan. Shorty, uh, we got to look at Shorty's stats for Glen Helen and Hangtown. I went back and looked, actually. They're uh, terrible. Th- they're, not, they're not as bad as you think. I went back and looked. Um, the opening rounds. I looked. Uh, he did have. He had a thirty-second. He had a an eleventh or something. He he's had some bad races, but it wasn't that bad. Because I was going to prof- not every year. No, no, no. I was going to profile in observations if it was really bad. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So I went back a little into the vault and searched every opening round, and for sure he had two or three bad ones, but he had also uh four or five decent ones. So. All right, uh, that's it. Thanks very much. Uh, the eternal mechanic rider argument will continue next week uh, on the podcast, and we thank everybody for listening. Hangtown wrap up. Um, we'll talk to you guys uh, later this w- later this week, and uh, hopefully, thanks for listening. BTOSports.com, Fox Racing, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Thanks. See you, Colorado. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. Stop, 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 stop.